Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, August 13th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adioye Jr. And joining me is host of PS I Love You XOXO, Greg Miller. They call me Cool Ranch. Is that what they call you? Cool Ranch? That's what I'm saying they call me now. What are you going to do Where, about Where'd it? that come from? Uh, Doritos. Doritos has a flavor called Cool Ranch Doritos that I don't mm. like that much. Or I guess oh, grew up not liking that blessing. much. It's really good. Greg has weird cool taste buds. But it's no, no, I, like I, mean, it I, lo- I mean, I love now Cool I like Ranch. It. I'm trying to figure out where the where the nickname comes from because now it makes even less sense. They call you Cool Ranch because you don't like Cool Ranch. <laughs> no, he didn't like it growing up. He likes it now, Blessing. Some of the best nicknames don't make sense. That's why we call Kevin Pistol Pete. Oh, because <laughs> his name is even Quiet Pete. Pete. Yeah, jackass. <laughs> Kevin, I I need an update because in some in some lost content, which I think was some of the best content we've done here, at kind of funny. On PSLU XOXO, when Greg's home was invaded by people who needed to fix his window, Wait, there was a lost? ten minute span in which me and you had a conversation. And you talked that's to not, me about that's not lost. You can you can find that on the Patreon feed. If you go to oh, patreon.com yeah, slash kinda funny games and support yeah. us blessing, you could watch it there. You and you can get your, your name read on the show and stuff. Ten lost minutes. Uh me and you me and you, Kevin, had a conversation about your coffee maker that looked like a bong. Uh yes. How how's how's that working out for you? Is it is it giving you the quality you need? So here's the thing. As all coffee makers, you have two options. You can follow the instructions or you can tech it out, you know, kind of just see where you Mm -hmm. like levels. So what I found out so far, light roast, not great for very acidic. And the whole reason I got the the coffee maker is because it reduces the acidity in how you make it because it doesn't heat up and like uh, cook the coffee. So I've now tried a darker roast. Really, really good, but too much water. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow when I make coffee or whatever. I'm going to do, yeah, 750 milliliters of water and fill it up with ice. And I, I, that's 250 milliliters less of water. So I think that's going to put us around 500 milliliters total yield. And I think that's going to be what we want. Would you say it's, a, it's been a good no, investment so far? Uh, I mean, certainly it's been a lot of fun. And it, I think it's tasted delicious so far. I just know that it could be better. You know what I mean? Hmm. Hmm. I appreciate I'm it. I'm the audience. I'm challenging the audience. This is day two of Kind of Funny Games Daily with Kevin giving detailed updates on his coffee maker. So we need to have a graphic made that is uh, Kevin's coffee maker daily. You know what I mean? I think that's oh, the same amount of letters. If that's... you make that, somebody but makes that, we can put that. Here's the thing. In yeah. two days, I'm going to have the coffee exactly where it needs to be. So sure, but then, we, and then never... it's like Gary's weight where we just check in and you just go, it's still good? And we're like, all right, great. All right, all right. You know what I mean? Let yeah, the kids have this. They love, they love the Kevin sure. updates. sure. Kevin, I really, I really appreciate the coffee update. But enough about coffee. This is kind of funny games daily, which means we're going to talk about more on Halo Infinite's infinite delay, Epic making some epic moves, and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, at to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping, we got some big streams coming up right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games this afternoon at 2 p.m greg continues his halo combat evolved play with you greg how's that going we haven't done it we did we took last week off because we had so many other streams we had the avengers and then something else i can't remember that we wanted to play forget it's gone and then so now we're back so we're no we never did that fall guys that was it yeah uh so we're back on the halo uh combat evolved my first playthrough train we're past the halfway point i think we're into Mission six now we're picking up with right there's no. ten but we, we we whatever it is we're we're there we're, we're we've we've almost got it in the rear view here of what we're doing remember you if you want to watch along you need to be there live or wait for us to post them uh, chapter by chapter on YouTube which should start momentarily ish Tim was pretty confident on it before we took the week off that we we're going to start that week we took off but we we want to make sure we don't you know start putting them out and then catch up to ourselves by some weird thing. Cause you know how kind of funny changes on the daily here. So if you don't want, if you catch it live, great. If you don't, you have to wait till YouTube. Porty, I'm talking. I was Porty. talking. I was He's talking. talking. Porty. That's of course happening today at 2 PM Pacific time. And then tomorrow, Friday at 3 PM, Greg is participating in the apocalypse games in the walking dead saints and sinners where Greg sees how long he can survive the undead. Do you want to give more context to what, what is going on here? 
So yeah, sure. So our friends over at uh, Skybound Games, uh, and then of course the people who are making the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners are doing this like influencer personality, whatever the fuck you want to call it, you challenge on the internet, where all of us are doing are participating in different events, and I'm participating in. I think it's the well, they have a funny name for it. I think it's I don't have it in front of me, but it's like marathon, but it's basically like there's a survival mode in the walking dead obviously there's the game that's survival enough but then there's a specific mode of like wave based things coming at you and so it's like i have an hour to see what my the best score i can set in that is and then that'll go and be the representative time for me in my bracket or whatever to see if i can win a gold medal on the apocalypse games very exciting again tune in for that tomorrow 3 p.m pacific time right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games then monday kind of funny games is doing the first ever stream of samurai jack battle through time uh we're premiering gameplay for that game and, and you can catch that at 1 30 pacific time right here again on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games which i'm very excited about you're playing that one right you, i think yeah. I'm, you and barrett on that one yeah me and barrett playing some samurai jack uh, and so, of course, if you love Samurai Jack, if you love video games, and if you love Samurai Jack video games, tune in twitch.tv slash Games. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mom and Muhammad and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Quip and Klarna, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Oh, somebody get Kevin help. Get him a milkshake. His throat needs it. Starting needs with our throat no- coat. Our number one, Xbox considered splitting Halo Infinite into different sections uh, upon release. This is from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Speaking during Gary Witta's Animal Talking Twitch show, yes. Spencer apologized for not hitting expectations, but said he believed the delay was the right decision for Xbox and Halo Infinite. Quote, let me, let me start by recognizing the fans and the fact that it is a bummer. It is disappointing to people. It's disappointing to us. We were looking forward to the alignment of Halo Infinite and the Xbox Series X. He added, in the end, I have to make the right decision. The strength of the Halo franchise, the health and ability of the team are things tracking toward the quality of where you want the game. Uh, Spencer went on to reveal that his team, including 343's Bonnie Ross and Xbox Game Studios' Matt Booty, considered breaking Infinite into sections and releasing individual parts at different dates. However, quote, it just didn't feel right to all of us like it just it just didn't feel right to all of us like the Halo release that we would want, Spencer said. Greg. Yeah, I know you guys talked about this a lot yesterday about Halo Infinite being being delayed and the sure, but this is new information. And hey, again, yeah. hats off to Gary Wood, of course, kind of funny games daily co-host, ex cast co-host. Uh, yesterday, we were talking a little bit about this, uh, both in the the show and then the post show, especially. But how you know he booked Phil Spencer on his animal talking show to come in and be like, hey, this is a fun Animal Crossing show, and then of course, like the day before, the day before, like Halo gets delayed. There's yeah. an there's all this drama. He has to actually kind of a deal and dress with somewhere, and he talked a little bit about the mindset and the post show about how to go into that. And so I saw this making the rounds today for a whole bunch of different things that, yeah, there's this stuff from the last night on animal talking. There's Phil talking about how this past weekend he took home his retail Xbox series X. Like there's a lot Gary did a great job as always. Cause Gary always does, but Hey, shout yeah. out to Gary Wood on that. But no, this is new information. I don't think you have to worry about doubling up on things. But yeah, I, I think the thing that strikes me as interesting about this is the fact that there Xbox seems to be treating halo almost like at, as more of a priority than even the Xbox Series X launch, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, then this this thought kind of started for me with them announcing that Halo Infinite's multiplayer is going to be free to play, right? And that brings up the question of, oh wow, wouldn't that have been a hit on Xbox Xbox Game Pass? Oh wow, what does that do for uh, uh, Xbox services, right? Xbox Live yeah. Gold if Halo's multiplayer is going to be free to play. Um, and I think what where I personally come down on that is the fact that, oh yeah, Halo is going to benefit greatly. From being available for be, from being available to everyone, right? Anybody being able to jump into that game and play for free is going to extend the lifespan of that game. It's going to make the player. It's going to expand the player base. It's going to make that game, in terms of it being a live service game or just a platform in general, it's going to breathe life into it more so for the for Halo for that Halo game and Halo as a franchise more so than an Xbox box, right, or an Xbox service. And the 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 delaying of Halo seems to feed more into oh yeah we want halo to come out and be good we want halo to come out and be healthy we want halo to come out and be full right i think that's you know i'm obviously not the halo fanboy as i am continue my first playthrough of combat evolved today but as just somebody who's been around long enough right like has 
and I ask, I ask this, I think knowing the answer, right? Has three, four, three ever nailed this? Have they ever made a game to rival a Bungie halo? And I think the answer, and I could be wrong talking on my ass, but from what I understand from the audience is no, they haven't. And in fact, they've made arguably disappointing or just middle of the line halo games. I think that they know with halo infinite, they cannot do that. They know that three, four, three knows that I'm sorry. Three, four, three knows that Xbox knows that Phil's team knows that. And so, yeah, like, if the Halo franchise was in a different place, I think you could have seen what Phil's talking about here of like, sure, we'll give it out piecemeal. You know what I mean? Let's give it in the chapter by chapter single player. Maybe multiplayer is ready to be put out on its own. X, Y, and Z. There's different ways to slice this. But in the reality of where Halo is as an IP right now, I'm not saying this is a make or break game, but you want this to be the return to greatness, not just another Halo. I remember when Halo, I remember, you know, uh, when the world stopped for Halo releases, and that kind of isn't that isn't the case anymore. Same thing with Gears, but that's a different argument. For this in particular, yeah, you they can't have Halo Infinite be a disappointment. They can't have Halo Infinite not be a great game, and that's hard to do, obviously, to make a great game. Period. Let alone make it under this pressure. Let alone make it under this time crunch of trying to hit the release date of the Xbox Series X. So, what's your take on it? once in, once upon a time possibly being a split release in terms of hey let's put out the single player now and then put out the multiplayer later do you think that's something they could have gotten away with i know we're not necessarily the biggest the biggest halo people here to make that sure. call but i i'm actually pretty shocked slash impressed that they made the move of hey let's just delay everything and make it come and let it come out when it's full i think this is a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation and it's more damning to have put it out in pieces because I think if you would have put it out in pieces <clears throat> and you would have gone, hey, here's just single player, the overwhelming feedback would have been, fuck this, I play Halo for a multiplayer. If you would have just put out the multiplayer, is it where they want it to be? You know, like, That's the other thing. part of this too is they talked about, sure, you're putting out these things in pieces. Are any of the pieces feature complete? Are they exactly where they want to be? I think it honestly would have been maybe even more likely to get it in chapters where all right, we're putting out the first mm -hmm. three chapters of Halo Infinite single player. We're not even touching multiplayer outside of like a co-op thing. Um, I feel Halo, from the way I understand it, and again, I have more of an outsider's opinion of Halo, but Halo is a package deal of, it is the story you play through with your friends. You know what I mean? Tim always talks about it, right? If they, they, Him and all his friends coming home with it, tearing through their first playthrough, playing through together, then just getting lost in multiplayer. Like, even though we see that getting changed every day, you know, the industry continues to evolve. Look at Call of Duty and the way they've handled multiplayer and single player campaigns uh, these past few years. Uh, that can keep changing. But for a game that when they debut it and people either love it or hate it, it the argument is we're trying to make it look like Halo 1. We're trying to make, bring you back to Halo's roots. I think that conversation and again you know yesterday uh, i read on this uh, topic of the delay and uh, xbox series x i read a piece from ryan mccaffrey at ign who talked about uh phil spencer walking the walk that he had said months ago that you know no game not even halo infinite would delay the xbox series x and here we are and it didn't happen i think it's the same thing here where they 343 and microsoft have been clear that like this is meant to be a hearkening back to what halo is this is meant to be the essence of halo and i think that again you could have broken it up and you could have put it out but that would not be the essence of halo you would not be giving the people the halo experience that they expect and want out of this greg myro writes in into patreon.com slash kind of funny game just like you can and says hello greg and blessing in light of recent events, Halo being delayed, and considering that Sony seemingly hasn't missed a beat in their PS5 marketing campaign thus far, do you think that Sony can get a massive advantage in sales and popularity come the release of the new consoles just like they did last time? I understand that Sony got a considerable advantage due to Xbox's blunder with the Kinect and, an, and the all-in-one entertainment platform they advertised the Xbox One as, but the Kinect is a mistake Microsoft made without, without a clear view of the repercussions to come. What if delaying Halo proves to be another huge mistake? In essence, my question is, can you see the delay of Halo Infinite leading to a launch for the Xbox Series X that is as troubled as the launch of the One X? Or I guess just the Xbox One. The short answer is yes, but. I, 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 this is something I broached yesterday talking about it uh, on the back end of the conversation. At the front here to get into it, right? Like, as troubled as the Xbox One no, I don't think you'll see that. I think Xbox One was so off the mark in what they were doing and gambled away goodwill that that won't be the case here. Even if it is, as I was talking yesterday, only the hardest of the hardcore buy the Xbox Series X and bring it home on day one. 
and pop it in and play it right, they're going to be impressed with uh, the speeds, right? That was something again on Animal Talking. Uh, Phil Spencer was talking about last night, where he was like, you know, yeah, you know, I brought home the final retail unit uh, this past weekend, and he's like, it's hard to go back. Like once you start using it and seeing how quickly you can go between game swapping and suspends and all that stuff, like it, the the problem here is the core of the arguments and what's been building here is that PlayStation is marking the PlayStation five as this next step. It is another generation. It is a step above everything, you know, and Xbox is from a platform now and saying they're a platform and saying that the best place to play is on the Xbox series X. So jump in if you want to. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who go, yep, I'm all in. I love my Xbox. I want the best experience. But when you start talking about that and doing that, I feel like you really start talking in which works you really start talking like you're talking about in uh, PlayStation 4 Pro or an Xbox One X where you're like, all right, cool. This is an iteration and I'm ready to go. And I think there's going to be so many other people that aren't on the fence, so to speak, want both probably, but suddenly look at this equation and just the arithmetic of having two $500 consoles, $600 consoles, whatever they're going to be. Look at them and go, well, I want them both, but I can wait till Halo. I can wait till whatever exclusive comes to Xbox Series X that I need to have, and I need to have look that great. And right now, I'll just buy PlayStation Five so that I'm playing Spider Man and Deathloop, and I'm playing whatever else is exclusive today, day and date that I need to get it. Yeah. To to Morrow's question, right? Can you see the delay of Halo Infinite leading to a launch for the Series X as as troubled as the as the Xbox One? I don't think. I think there's very little at this point that Microsoft could do to lead to a launch that is as bad and as jumbled as the original xbox one i don't think like halo infinite of course is like one of the, what was the most important game of this console launch i would say even mm-hmm. across both consoles like halo yeah, infinite was the was the game that was going to carry the xbox series x forward um it was going to be that was going to be the the, the big splash that that console would uh uh take right and that was going to that was yeah. going to sell consoles as far as and real quick, what, what, if I can jump in uh, to say something, I think something that we didn't fully explore a conversational thread yesterday, and I've seen it discussed, not like picked apart and thrown in our face or anything. But there was an interesting one where yesterday we were having this conversation, and Gary said something very similar to what you just said, but not as eloquently because Gary, of course, British, got a bunch of, of mashed peas yeah. in his mouth. Drinking too much. I, he, I basically was like, oh well, you know, but like you know, he's like, what is PlayStation Five? I'm like, well, PlayStation Five has Sp- Spider Man, Miles Morales. And Gary was like, yeah, but that's not even a, like a big game. It's not even a system seller kind of thing. And we had a little bit of a conversation, but then m- moved to the next point. And I think Gary's point is what you're is what you're you just made of like mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I Miles Morales is a system seller, period. Like it's the third best selling PlayStation 4 game of all time, right? Like that game or you know, the first one, obviously, uh, is going to move units. People are going to be excited for it. Yada, yada, yada. To your point halo infinite was the xbox series x launch whereas i don't think miles morales necessarily is the playstation 5 yes launch. oh yeah i mean and i think that's definitely right and i've i've seen people throughout the idea that uh halo infinite is the most important game for xbox or has been the most important game for xbox like since xbox as a company has started right and i don't necessarily know if i agree fully with that i do think halo infinite has been the most important game for xbox within the last decade and them them pushing it is going to be detrimental to the system but i don't think that then i don't think that ruins the xbox series x launch i don't think that turns it into an xbox one situation uh because i think the xbox that existed during the xbox one launch and the xbox that exists today are two different xboxes where you look at their strategy with uh, the all-in-one entertainment system and with connect and the, the the main tenets of their system those were the things that were putting people off from wanting to, to dive into the Xbox ecosystem or actually buy an Xbox yep. One. Uh, and with Halo Infinite, Halo Infinite is one game. It is a very important game. It is a very big game. It is it is the game that was going to essentially give you a reason to, to, to show up to Xbox Series X on launch day. But I think right now for Xbox, it still stands as, hey, our strategy is less so just to sell a box we would love to sell sell you boxes we'd love to get xbox series x into as many hands as possible but our strategy goes way beyond that we want people to get into our ecosystem and so that is through hey you know we're gonna have our first party software that you're interested in we're gonna have xbox game pass which remains as the best deal in gaming we're gonna have x cloud we're gonna have all these different services that are going to funnel you in and i think unless something goes wrong with 
multiple of those pillars, I think that I think the launch is going to be fine. It'd be better with Halo Infinite, but totally. it's not. I, I do not, think oh, they're gonna get. Terrible. I do think they're gonna get beat by PlayStation Five. Like, and this yeah. is also. But like, I, what does I that mean? I, I know. I say that, and I'm like, well, actually, you know what? There's a limited launch uh, amount of consoles. I bet everybody sells out, and it's fine. But like, eh, yeah, yeah. I, like, I think PlayStation's gonna be more popular. I think PlayStation's gonna yeah. be more in demand than the Xbox Series X. However, real quick, before would, we. Well, my, my rebuttal and question for that would be, what does that mean in terms of PlayStation beating Xbox? Like, I, I think if PlayStation sells more consoles, sells more PS5s than Xbox yeah. Series Xs, I don't think that necessarily co- constitutes a loss on the side of Xbox. Because I don't know if Microsoft is expecting... Yeah, I don't think that... One, I don't think that's what they care about as much anymore. Yeah. And I don't think like I don't think that's their main metric anymore as far as measuring out like how they, how they want to succeed. And that's something to just jump a train car behind where we just were because you said everything again very eloquently very good at your job and your camera looks great today i know mine looks like shit for i appreciate it it's my lighting yeah no you don't yeah uh are you using a ring light or you just got the natural light on you no it's i mean i'm sitting in front of a big window and basically i have one side of the window over here open and the rest like my curtain is covering the actual front side and so i'm just getting lit from one angle that is like allowing for perfect lighting over here on the surface of the sun today because the fog burned off um but to my point and it's gone. I forget. Fuck. I just got so lost in your eyes. I got so lost yeah. in your eyes. You uh, Xbox. Oh, back for there it is. Of uh, the reason I don't think this will be as disastrous as the Xbox One uh, launch is simple, and it's because the reason Xbox One got so destroyed in the beginning was they buckled. They did. They pitched a vision. We all said we don't want this vision, and they went, "Uh, uh, okay, fine. We won't use that vision." I always, uh, you know, I still. One day, I want to be in the, the at the center of the multiverse and get to look into the universe where Don Matrick and everybody over there was like, "Listen, we hear you that you, you think this is not right. This is the future of Xbox. This is what we're doing. This is how we're moving forward. We're gonna, we're going to prove to you that this is awesome." They didn't do that. They buckled. They folded. All that leadership got wiped out eventually. Yada yada. It was because they didn't believe in the fucking shit they were selling. That's why they lost. You jump to this thing. We are in a completely different thing. Where again, as Ryan pointed out yesterday, right? Phil's walking the walk. He said nothing was delayed. Nothing's stopping this train. Nothing's going to stop this train because their vision of the Xbox is an ecosystem. Their vision of Xbox is Game Pass. Their vision is not one game. It isn't that even for, you know, we keep trying to, and I mean, we as a, the enthusiast press keep trying to put them in a box and talk about a launch line and talk about all this stuff. When, if you listen to Xbox over and over again, that's really not what they're selling you. They're really not selling you that. That is about the fact that they're smart delivery. It is about the fact that the Game Pass is there. It is about backwards compatibility. It is about faster menus. It is about this being a better machine, but not the next generation of the machine. It's just a better Xbox. Yeah. And we want you to get into this ecosystem and get all these things. And yeah, super bummer they don't have Halo, but I still believe in their vision. I still think they're playing a very different game than PlayStation. That, and I don't know who nets out in the end as the winner or what that looks like in five years. But I'm fucking excited to see this fi- this fight. Greg, let's move over to story number two. Epic is getting around mobile app store fees. This is from Andrew Webster at The Verge. Today, Epic announced the uh, the Fortnite Mega Drop, a permanent discount on V-Bucks and other cash purchases in the game of up to 20%. The developer is quick to point out that it's not a sale. These are new prices for the in-app currency in both the PC and console versions of the game. On mobile, however, things are a bit more complicated. On both iOS and Android, Epic has introduced a new direct payment option. If you purchase V-Bucks or anything else in the game through either the App Store or the Google Play Store, it'll cost the same as always. But the new direct option comes with a discount. When you select it, the game sends you to a payment screen where you can choose either a credit card or PayPal. Quote, currently there are no savings in pl- if there are no savings if players use Apple and Google payment options. Wh- payment options where Apple and Google Google collect an exorbitant thirty percent fee on all payments. Epic says, quote, if Apple and Google lower their fees on payments, Epic will pass along those savings to players. End quote. It's not clear exactly how Epic is able to get around those fees, but here's some more details uh, from the company company's FAQ. Uh, then the first question from the FAQ asks, why has Epic decided to implement its payment system for purchases inside Fortnite on iOS and Android? And their answer, by offering an alternate payment system. We're not only offering players more choice, but we're able to pass along those savings to players. And then the second question, does a new, does a new payment method on mobile means per, mean purchases there are does a new payment method on mobile mean purchases there are less safe? Their response, no. Thousands of 
Thousands of apps on the App Store approved by Apple accept direct payments, including commonly used apps like Amazon, Grubhub, Nike Sneakers, Best Buy, DoorDash, Fandango, McDonald's, Uber, Lyft, and StubHub. We think all developers should be free to support direct payments in all apps and operating Fortnite on, on open platforms and operating in operating the Epic Game Store. Epic has processed $1.6 billion of direct payments successfully and uses industry-trusted encryption and security me measures to, pr to protect customer transactions. Clearly, Apple and Google acknowledge that third-party payment services are safe and acceptable acceptable for goods and services. And I'm going to add my own editorialization, uh, except for xCloud. Uh, but they continue here. Epic Direct Payment simply offers players the same kinds of payments options, payment options as these other apps. Greg, how does Epic do it? Uh, they're the biggest fucking thing going. I did not even know about this. So you started reading it. I woke up late this morning for news. So I was I was behind the ball on a lot of things. Holy fucking shit. This is huge because this is literally you, you bring up xCloud at the end. That's what this is about, right? Because it's with Ben. This was the argument when I when everybody was like, "What the fuck, Apple? You're not going to support XCloud. You're not going to do this." I was bringing up Comicsology. How yeah, this thirty percent of every comic book they wanted if you bought the comic in there is such bullshit. And Epic clearly pointing out all these different ways that other apps get around it, but you don't care about it. It's just you punishing video game developers, comic book developers too for that. But to keep that away for right now. Talk about XCloud. This is literally exactly what Epic fucking did with crossplay with PlayStation. Where they're like, fuck you. We're too big to be stopped. We're Fortnite. We're the biggest goddamn game going. You like, what, what is a Apple going to do? Is Apple going to remove Fortnite from the App Store? Can you, like, you want to talk about a headline and you want to talk about people freaking out and you want to talk about things that yeah. would actually move people to buy Android devices? That's it, man. And that's the fucking thing right there. And so now it is now a fucking stare down with Apple before they back down on this and change what they're doing so that you can have xCloud on here. This is a brilliant fucking move. Once again, you want to, I know Epic, I, I don't know the current thing, but I know when the Epic Game Store launched, everybody wanted to shit on Epic. Epic continues to fucking be the biggest thing going and pay it back to the video game industry and fight the fights that only they can win. This is like fucking Taylor Swift fighting with Spotify when it wasn't about her money, her getting money for her songs. It was about trying to get money for everybody else's songs. This is brilliant. Whisper writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, hi, Greg and blessing. So today Epic games have announced that they are dropping the cost of V bucks in Fortnite, as well as any real money purchases of skin, skin packs by 20%. Obviously this is only a good move for consumers and fans of the game, but why do you think they've made this decision? I've been a long-term fan of Fortnite, and while my enjoyment of the game has taken a significant dip since the black hole event last October, as it, as it has with the vocal minority por portion of the community, Epic have stated multiple times that Fortnite is still as popular as ever, if, it, if not more popular. Do you think the price drop was due to them seeing less in-game purchases, or do you think it's another example of them trying to distract from the competition? In this case, Fall Guys. They have done similar things when Apex launched. Uh, players got the se Season 8 Battle Pass for free if they completed some challenges, and Warzone, around the time of Warzone's launch players, launch players got free Christmas-themed skins for completing challenges. Or... Is it just Epic making a pro-consumer move? Thanks, Wispa. It's not 100% just out of the goodness of their hearts. Obviously, yeah. they are Epic. They don't want to... They, they, they're, they've come up with... The, or they are Fortnite. They are the biggest thing in the world. They are making all these transactions, right? They are, in fact, going, hey, you know what? I don't want to share 30% with Apple. That is, that is too much, which I argue is too much. I think that, again, like... As a, I always go back to Comixology because it's the most direct thing that influenced me. Where if you remember back in the day, Comixology, you had the app on your iPhone or iPad and you could go in and buy the books you wanted there. You could shop in the app. Eventually, Comixology was like, man, 30% of every comic book sold is bullshit. We're going to move it all to the web. So now it's just a reader. You have to buy everything through the dot com, which was one more step, but is annoying to an extent, but not like the worst thing in the world. Now you're just used to it. Here, it's the same thing, right? Of like, if... Even though you are the biggest game in the world, even though you are, you are doing this, yeah, you're still making all these transactions in iOS, right, or Google, and you're losing 30% of that. I'm sure you'd rather see that come down to 10%, 15%, whatever. I don't even know what they think is reasonable or anything like that. But I would imagine that, yes, there is a part of it that is that. But I also do suspect behind the scenes, it's also them looking at xCloud and be like, come on, that's bullshit. And looking at a bunch yeah. of other games, not just xCloud. I'm not saying this is like... 100% motivated by that, but I do think it's 100% or I do think it's 90% motivated more in terms of we not more profit, but more in like, we can win this fight. We yeah. can do this. Nobody else can do this. X, it was the same thing we talked about with X cloud of like, I was mad about it. 
And I had a conversation on the show where I'm like, I canceled Apple Arcade. Like, that's all I can really do. I like the I like everything else about app, uh, Apple products and the phones and everything and how they all work together. That I don't care if this was a maybe a major thing and it was a, I was a, a total Xbox player. Maybe I would look into getting an Android device and having that all the time. But even then, I have an Android device kicking around the office if I really wanted xCloud and play that way. Yeah. I mean, I think the answer to this really does come down to the fact that they are epic, right? And they have the ability to do this. And so why not do this, right? And mm-hmm. I think that goes for both 20% drop uh, for uh, for all the purchases. But then also, yeah, like let's let's break down some, some, some walls that are arbitrary or that are very obviously put in place because Apple has the power that they do. Like you said earlier, right? Ape, I mean, not, not Apex. Um, Fortnite is a game that if, if Apple like had some kind of some kind of beef and wanted to get rid of Fortnite off of their phones that would cause so much of a stir that would cause so much disappointment i don't know if that exactly. i don't know if, i don't know if it's big enough of a of a um splash to where that converts a lot of people from iphone to app uh, iphone to android but i think it's a big enough of a splash to where people get angry <laughs> and, and people vocalize thing about that. it that's the thing about it is i think right now when, when this all happened with xcloud and whatever there were a few headlines and our normal you know nerdy sites we love or whatever conversations here but even then people are like all right whatever don't you know blah 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 if this happened and as uh whisper brings up right talking about the black hole event remember those videos of like kids sobbing in their kitchen their parents filming them and shit like that like that's what you're talking about here where if it was that tomorrow apple's like fortnite's gone from ios you would have national news stories about this thing happening which then would actually call more attention to this i think way too deep of a cut from apple it's all bad pr apple doesn't want and again like you definitely have those local news stories of like little timmy crying and like the mom being, well i bought that's why i went and bought him this android tablet right and it was only whatever and he plays fortnite on that now like yeah it's not gonna like suddenly swing everything around and whereas like android is now 90 percent of the market and apple's you know dwindling and dwindling and dwindling but yeah. it would be bad pr enough in a conversation you don't want to have and in numbers you don't want thrown around if you're apple exactly and to the to the part of the question right is it is this just epic making a pro-consumer move i've been thinking a lot about the pro-consumer anti-consumer like terminology ever since like the playstation stuff sure uh with the spider-man stuff because because it's hard for me to really point out like video game exclusivity as pro-consumer or anti-consumer because usually i i i I try to think more bigger picture when it comes to that stuff um and like there are there are actual corporations that are doing like fucked up shit that go beyond just video game exclusivity shit that I feel like anti-consumer is more um, suitable for. But when it comes when it comes to the idea of a company being pro-consumer, it at a certain point, like I, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to believe any company or any corporation is being pro-consumer when basically it is a business move, right? Like. Even even the stuff even stuff when we look at companies uh, like Microsoft who do have Game Pass, which is you would say is like a pro consumer um, uh, service, right? Because we we save so much, you know, investing in that, right? We save we save so much money because we have we have access to so many games with that. At the end of the day, that's still in support of Microsoft as a business. That's still in support of getting people getting people into their ecosystem. That is still a self serving thing, uh, to the point of what Epic is doing here with the discounts, right? That is, at the end of the day, a self-serving thing to where Epic is going to benefit from this. Like, it, one, they're going to sell more skins because they're, they're, they are discounted. I mean, that's number one, right? And Wispa is pointing out here, like, do you think that the price drops could be from uh, them seeing less in-app purchases uh, as compared to, to early on? Or could, could it be from them trying to distract from the competition? I think it could be all the above. Sure. I mean, I, I don't know how much Fortnite is really worried about Fall Guys, but I will say Fall Guys is the number one game streamed on Twitch, and so maybe they do see it as a threat, um, and maybe maybe they do want to take back some of that some of that attention. Um, you know, I I haven't I don't know the last time I heard Fortnite talked about in like super relevance the way that it was talked about early last year or the year before. Like Fortnite has seen a dip in terms of that mainstream attention i don't know how i don't know about the actual player base i don't know if they're seeing an actual dip in players but like we've talked about fortnite a lot less over the last year and so i think like all this kind of feeds into that hey let's discount everything let's uh make some moves on mobile let's get attention back let's get some goodwill and again pro consumer on one hand i guess but on the other hand very self-serving and like i mean it's i mean it's a business so yeah do you but I mean, I, I think it all serves that greater purpose of building up Epic and building up Fortnite. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, 
for into the conversation that um, well, we talk less about Fortnite or you know you don't hear as much about Fortnite. That is what we always expected, right? Like, don't get you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, the ridiculous numbers and money and deals that Fortnite is doing uh, just become normal. And that's that that that's why this is making news that it's abnormal, right? That they're speaking out against iOS, they're speaking out against Google Store. I've seen a lot of people in chat being like, "Don't forget Google." Like, we're not forgetting Google. That was at the top of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kind of drifted away as we talk more about the iOS, which is more about the XCloud thing and blah 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 blah. Uh, the fact that they're still going. I mean, I was playing Fortnite last night. You know what I mean with uh, my uh, best friend Poe, his son. It was ridiculous that he wanted to play, but we played Fortnite, and it was like. He's, you know, it's still that juggernaut with kids that he is super stoked to play it. And he's just started really getting into it. And that's how this goes, right? Is like, yeah, you may burn people out at the end. And like, you know, it, it, uh, I'm sorry, Wispa's uh, question, right? Of like, she er, isn't playing, Wispa isn't playing it that much uh, since all this happened. It's like, uh, yeah, but there's always new people coming in. There's always new kids finding this. There's always uh, people coming in and getting stoked for this and moving on and doing it. And I still think like, I think we talked about it on PS. I love you a couple weeks ago, right? When I jumped back into Fortnite to do my Aquaman challenges, I'm just like, I, I, I am astounded every time I play Fortnite at how ridiculously good that game is. And again, I, that was two weeks ago. I think when I talked about it, jumping in last night to play with Pose Kid, like I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about cars. Like he was driving me around in the car. We were shooting at we at one point. He's like Marauders, and there was all these Marauder bots that were attacking us, and like we barely escaped. And it was like this amazing thing of that game. Also, I think scaling to some extent of like clearly he's a child playing with me and i'm not good but like we were hanging in there and we were doing really well and we were having things that we weren't just getting our doors blown off by ninja or whatever like that game is so fucking amazing and i don't think gets gets the credit it deserves the talk it deserves anymore because it is oh it's fortnite it's amazing it's great yeah you know what i mean whatever yeah exactly the fact that it keeps reinventing itself and doing all stuff the fact that i can fucking be aquaman with captain america's shield fighting deadpool (laughs) like what are you talking about this is amazing Let's move on to story number three. Metro series developer has been acquired by Embracer Group. This is from Jordan Alleman at IGN. The developer behind the Metro series is working on the, quote, Metro franchise and a new AAA IP, end quote, after being after being acquired by THQ Nordic's holding company, Embracer Group, for around 80 million U.S. dollars. Embracer Group picked up 4A Games, its proprietary game engine, and the Metro IP in the deal. The Ukraine-based game company will now, will now quote, operate operate as an independent studio under Saber Interactive, which Embracer also acquired this year. As for what's next for the studio in the wake of the acquisition, 4A Games CEO Dean Sharp issued a statement, quote, together we'll continue to continue to build on the Metro franchise and we'll focus on bringing a multiplayer experience to our fan base. Sharp also added that uh, that, t- that the team is looking forward to, quote, building a new and even more ambitious AAA IP in the near future, end quote. 4A will be will be working with Saber collaboratively collaborative collaboratively on quote an entirely new project that combines the AAA product production uh, values of 4A games and the combined the combined engine and technology know-how in Saber's Saber's experience on multiplayer and live operations end quote. So it looks like 4A Games is working on two new projects projects right now, a new Metro project in collaboration with Saber Interactive that may feature a multiplayer and a new triple a ip so there you go greg does this do anything for you no but i'm excited for them go for it i yeah, mean I'm not, not, i mean the embracer place. group continues to own all the video games yeah <laughs> and granted it's all that double a video games but like when inevitably they find out that they've been investing money in nukes or something and they're taken off the board <laughs> all these game companies crumble we'll be like oh well no yeah. kingdoms of amala i guess but meanwhile like no the metro series just never ever did it for me so good for them getting yeah them. And I do, I do know quite a few people really enjoyed uh, Metro Exodus and the idea that 4A is now going to be working on two games, a Metro game and a new AAA IP. I'm curious on what that new IP is, right? I'm curious to see if that is going to be more of a, of a live service game. I know uh, Embracer Group, ha- like you said, right? They kind of have a wide breadth as far as like, yeah, they, they kind of specialize in that AA space that yeah. disappeared a while ago. And I kind of associate... Uh, metro and 4a with that space a bit even though they describe themselves as as triple a uh which i can see but yeah I'm, I'm i'm curious to see like does this come out do they do they come out and put out a new metro that is standard and then do some sort of second experience that is all right here's our here's our take on destiny or on the division or our kind of like games as a service game given the pedigree of of a studio like saber working with us curious to see yeah 
story number four, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 renames a move to honor its creator. This is from Wesley LeBlanc at IGN. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 will include a classic trick with a new name in honor of the trick's original creator. Skateboarders and fans of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series are likely well aware of what a mute air or a mute grab is, but when, uh, many might not know the history of the trick's name. Tony Hawk took to Instagram to announce that in the upcoming Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2 remaster, the trick will have a new name. Quote, for nearly 40 years, we've shamelessly referred to this trick as the mute air slash grab, uh, Hawk said on his Instagram today. He continues, here is the backstory. Around 1981, a deaf skater and Colton Skate Park local named Chris Weddle was a prominent amateur on the competition circuit. The indie air had just been created and named, so somebody proposed that grabbing, the, grabbing with the front hand should be known as the tracker air. Hawk explained that because Weddle was the first to do that trick, the trick should be named after him. Weddle was often referred to as the quiet mute guy, Hawk said, and so the mute air was made. Hawk admitted that he and the other skaters went along with the name in, in naivety, not realizing that Weddle might not have agreed with the name. Quote, in recent years, a few people have reached out to Chris, who still skates, about this trick and the name it was given, Hawk said. He has been very gracious in his, in his response, but it is, it is obvious that a different name would have honored his legacy, as he is hearing impaired, but not lacking speech. I asked him last year as I was diving into trick origins, and he said he would rather he would have rather named it the deaf or Weddle grab if given the choice, end quote. Hawk said the, Weddle, uh, the Weddle's exact words were, quote, I am deaf, not mute, end quote. When players, when players boot up Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2, they'll find that the trick is now called the Weddle grab. So it's, uh, that's a pretty cool story. I included that's that. That's fucking awesome. Not necessarily for the newsiness of it, but pretty much for the cool story. Because I remember playing Tony Hawk and doing the mute grab, um, now the Weddle grab, and being like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I never really thought about the origin of it totally. or like how that might have came off as insensitive and this is like less of a story of how people were offended more of a story of how like oh yeah this doesn't actually make sense for the name of the move because he was never he was never mute um so there you go for me yeah it's doing the right thing you know and i'm not even trying to pimp our own content but i'm pimping our own content of like we just this week's we have cool friends right was a uh, the panel about allyship i did with a whole bunch of awesome people and how to be a better ally right and one of the things uh khalif adams of course from spawn on me go like subscribe share was talking about is like this isn't about perfection. This isn't about anyone being perfect and never making a mistake. And when you make a mistake or do one thing that we then banish you out and you're dead forever and yada, yada, yada. Obviously, if you make a mistake in, uh, I think, a you know, good hearted way, you scream a racial slur at somebody that's not a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a different argument, but I'm not trying to get into that right now. But for here, right, of like, you're a bunch of dumb kids. Uh, you know, I'm calling you know these 20 year old skaters that were doing all this. You come up with a funny thing. That's what it becomes. It's an underground thing. It keeps moving. And then years and years and years and years later, with years and years and years of experiences and conversations and reality checks, you get to this point. You're like, wait a second. You talk to him, and it's like, hey, with in like, nah, I really wasn't cool with that at all. <laughs> and it's not like again, cancel Tony Hawk, cancel these people. It's a very much like, oh, fuck. All right, well, let's fix it. Let's make this move. Let's go through and do this because they weren't doing it to mock anybody. They were doing it in a way they thought was honoring somebody, right? That they were actually giving ownership to or you know, having a cool callback to. But it wasn't yeah. the way they wanted to. So they went and did this and now they're doing the right thing. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's part of the conversation I, I believe we had about a month or so ago with the Mixer stuff where like the day before Mixer was essentially uh, shut down or they announced the shutdown of Mixer, right? That was the story that came out about the the manager who like described partners as slaves or whatever. And one of the black uh, people who worked at Mixer went to the manager and was like, hey, that's not cool. And the manager, instead of being like, oh shoot, I should have thought more about this or, oh yeah. man, like tell me more, let's talk about this. The manager did shut the worker down and and you know didn't respond in a way that yeah. was appropriate and so much of this comes down to all right like you, you you've you've been approached about a thing or somebody's brought a thing up to you and you know they are being honest in their expression of hey this isn't okay how do you respond to that and i think this yeah. is a good way of responding to it is hey oh yeah you're right this isn't okay let's look into it or this is okay let's change it let's figure out how to make things right and so shout out to that yeah empathy goes so far Right. And I think that's the yeah. biggest thing about it. And, you know, again, to the panel and the conversations there of just like, yes, 
somebody comes to you and says something uh is it, it not even offends me it's like hey that's a little on the line on the nose maybe we should think about that it's about not getting defensive because they're not attacking you they're trying to have a conversation with you to you know let you know that no nah, that's not cool they're not saying yeah. you're a horrible person they're saying hey let's talk this out last story story, story number five a fun one ps4's ghost of tsushima is the highest rated fan game of the entire generation this is paul tassi at forbes I've been tracking this for a while now, but I'm ready to make the declarative statement. According to the math, the recent release of Ghost of Tsushima is the most fan-beloved game of the entire generation. At least according to Metacritic's user scores, the best metric we have to track that sort of thing. Weeks ago, I reported that Ghost of Tsushima was racking up thousands of reviews and had an impressive 9.3 out of 10 for a user score, higher than its, meta- higher than its critic metascore of an 83, actually a bit low in the grand catalog of PS4 releases. I expected the user score to drop in time as high scores usually do as more reviews as more reviews come in, but it never has. Now with 15,000 reviews in, much more than almost any other game rated on the site, it is still sitting at a 9.3 out of 10. Looking at how that stacks up against other titles, I'm willing to declare it as the highest rated game of the generation. Uh, I found this one to be particularly interesting. One, because like congratulations Ghost of Tsushima, that's actually pretty impressive. But then also I believe Ghost of Tsushima was the first big game after The Last of Us Part Two, where yep. they decided to uh, um, put a hold on user scores until I think like 36 hours or some, something around that range after the game came out. And I wonder how much of that uh, is affecting Interesting, this. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't think about that part of it. Yeah, but like I, I, either way, right? I think I think I this makes sense. I think this makes sense for the, from, the, from the idea that Ghost of Tsushima is a very it's a very easy game like it's very it's a very easy game to get into like it is a very relaxing chill like accessible game to to get into especially once you get into the flow of things i can understand critically why i didn't paint out uh as high as like a 9.3 out of 10 because i I do think there are there's some repetition there and there's some things that i can see critics not feeling but in terms of a of a user base score I, i i can see where this comes down or how how it would come down like this i mean it's a very interesting conversation that I will be fascinated to get to at our game of the year discussions. Cause for me, I think like, obviously I shouldn't say obviously, but like pound for pound. I mean, the last of us part two is such an amazing experience and does so much for games and does so much for art and so much. And yada, yada, yada. You've heard my whole fucking review of it. Yeah. But in terms of a video game, ghost of Tsushima is so good. And I have so many fond memories of it. And if they were to be like, Hey, a great example, like, Hey, we just dropped an entire new game mode, or we just put out a dozen new quests or whatever. I would turn it on and start playing right away. Right. Whereas like last of us, like we added grounded. I'm like, not on your fucking life. I'm like, no, I'm not going back for permadeath and all these things. And granted little apples and oranges there. But like, I feel like, you know, my work, my Last of Us Part Two, Last of Us story is done. Whereas Ghost of Tsushima, I would want so much more from it. And I'm so much, I'm ready for more. And I think, you know, I look at in the backyard sometimes, and some of the colors in the trees. I'm like, oh, this reminds me of Ghost, and yada yada yada. Like, when we get to the end of the year, will that have shown brighter than the Last of Us? Is it like a completely as a complete technical marvel and all these different things and all these amazing pieces coming together to be a masterpiece? Will just mm-hmm. the fun of Ghost of Tsushima outweigh that? I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Greg, wait usually this, everybody. usually this is where I'd make a segue and ask you about what's coming out to the Marmot Drop Shops today. But before I do that, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Of course, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Quip. Let's talk about brushing our teeth. 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective, and even more people forget to floss daily. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to brush and floss better. The Quip electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations, 30-second pulses, uh, with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute routine. And there's even a size-down version designed for kids. Paired with Quip's anti-cavity toothpaste in mint or watermelon, you get all the ingredients teeth actually need and none that they don't. Quip also has an eco-friendly refillable floss with a dispenser you keep for life and expanding string that helps to clean in between. Quip brush heads, toothpaste, and floss refills are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5 each. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. And shipping is free. 
Join over 3 million happy customers and practice good oral care easily and affordably with Quip starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Quip, the good habits company. We're also brought to you by Klarna. Thanks to Klarna for supporting Kind of Funny Games Daily. In Sweden, they don't shop, they Klarna. Klarna is a revolutionary new online shopping app from Sweden that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments that make shopping smoother. With the Klarna app, you can shop anywhere online from the one app. It's easy to use and convenient to browse thousands of online stores from one convenient place. Pay for anything in four interest-free payments. Paying after delivery allows you to try before you buy, and you can also report returns directly in the app. Get the best deals with customized price drop alerts on items you've saved to your wish list. It's always good to shop smarter and save money. Uh, you can also create and share wish lists of items with your friends and family from anywhere online. It's a fun, easy way to show what kind of products you like. Tim loves how easy it is to find what you're looking for and to get set up. Klarna is a smoother, friendlier, Swedish way to shop online. It's the one-stop shop. Uh, it's the one-stop shopping app for browsing and buying anything online on the one app, and allows you to pay for anything for easy, interest-free payments. Download the Klarna app today. That's K-L-A-R-N-A, Swedish for shopping. Greg, I'm very excited uh, to see what happens during Game of the Year and to see what happens in the Ghost of Tsushima versus Last of Us versus Final Fantasy VII versus Doom versus all those different games. Animal Crossing. Discussion. Animal Crossing. But Game of the Year is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Yeah. We got, whoa. We got Bite the Bullet for Switch, PC, and Mac. Ever Forward for PC, Boomerang Foo for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Feria for Xbox One and Switch, Troy, A Total War Saga for PC and Mac, The Ambassador, Fractured Timeless or Timelines for Xbox One, Darkestville Castle for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, The Auto Collection for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, Dying Light Hell Raid for PC, Through the Darkest, Through the Darkest of Times for Xbox One, Zero Strain for Switch, Kill It with Fire for PC, Double Kick Heroes for Switch and Steam, Caller X Mali Unlimited for Switch, Big Dipper for Switch, Pool Pro Gold for Switch, We Are Doomed for, for Switch, Devious Dungeon Collection for Switch, For the People for PC and Mac, Zam for PC, The Librarian Special Edition for PC and Mac, The Square Key for PC, Real Fight Trainer Edition for PC, Kebab House for PC, Gurobu for PC, Kill It With Fire, which I think I already said, uh, but again, PC on Steam and Epic Game Store. Um, and then, let's see, 3 out of 10, Episode 2 debuts for free on Epic Game Store today. Uh, we have no new dates and no new deals of the day, so it is time for Reader Mail. Of course, you can write into patreon.com slash games if you want to get your questions read on the show, just like Grezik did. Grezik wrote in and said, so, I found out that Kina Bridge of Spirits is getting a free next-gen upgrade after it launches. I find this surprising mainly because I assumed it was a PS5 exclusive. I looked at the YouTube trailer for the game, and it makes no mention of the game being on PS4, and in fact, it calls the game a PS5 exclusive. To me, this feels like Sony is lying about the game to pump up their, PS or pump up their launch lineup for the PS5. What are your thoughts on this? Thanks for all you do, Grezik. Greg. I also oh didn't know Kena Bridge of Spirits is coming out on the PS4. Did you? Uh, I probably. I aren't most of those indie games coming out on the PS4? Is Bugsnax coming to PS4? I think so. Am I wrong? I mean, you might be right. I might just not be. You may be wrong. I, well, I like. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, there it is. Bugsnax.com. Bugsnax. We are what we eat. PS5, PS4, PC, Mac. Y'all need to wake up during these presentations. They show you what they say, what the games are. I had it in my original notes for it. Interesting. Did they? I mean, did, did they say that during the presentation? Yeah, because uh, graphic might be in the. It might very much be in the wrong here. It's I oh, man. I'm trying to. I want to say yes, they did. Hold on, let me d go back into. God, what am I going to find for press releases for PlayStation? 
I have a Google Doc from my notes of the PlayStation Showcase. So let's see if we can come up with that. All so right. if I just put bugs now, oh God, we talk about bugs. Because you, if I if I remember correctly, right, your doc that you put together after the PS5 presentation mm-hmm. came from like the PS blog, right, the PlayStation blog, where I had one. They of actually those. had yes, the info yes, yes, yes. because I because I, to Grezik's point, if you go to the actual trailer, they don't mention it being on PS4, and I believe during the actual PlayStation presentation, they didn't have any PS4 um, like logo in there. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if I'm incorrect about that. But it might be more of a fine print thing for them to say, like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's coming out on PS4 also, which I think there's a conversation to be had there, because is that I mean, I'm about to, like, you guys are all about to have a really bad fucking day if you think that's how it's going, because, like, I'm looking. So, like, I'm looking at my notes from the PS I Love You post show that we had, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, OK, hold on. I'm, I'm just opening up a couple. Oh, that's how they're getting around it over there. Hold on. So, hold on. Control F PS4 PlayStation. Okay, as you're doing this, I'm literally watching a trailer for Kena Bridge of Spirits. Because, like, I'm just going down the line here, right? So, my my notes say this PlayStation 5 games from third party publishers and developers, right? At the top Mm -hmm. is Bug Snacks. We've confirmed that's there. Uh, I'm looking at indie stuff. So, I'm skipping Deathloop, Ghostwire, Tokyo. Uh, Then the next one was Goodbye Volcano High. You open up Goodbye Volcano High, go to their website, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Steam. Uh, Then I got Jet the Far Shore. Their website is ambiguous and says PlayStation has a PlayStation logo. However, their Wikipedia thing says Holiday 2020 on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Um, What's Little Devil Inside? Well, that's a third-party thing. That doesn't count as much. Oddworld Source. You're talking about websites. I'm talking about trailers. Okay. Like when they first when they first showed it off during like the big during the big showcase. I feel like for a lot of these games, they didn't necessarily specify PS4. Solar which Ash, why would you during PlayStation PS- Five, PlayStation Four, Windows PC? And I, I and I guess like you can you can make the point of why would you they got, show, got, show got, off a PS- son? You why got, would you got. show off a PS4 like logo at your PS5 event? Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like a lot of st- a lot of that stuff is fine print, and I don't know how I feel about that. Like it's not. Me... I don't think it's bad necessarily by any means because I understand I understand what they're doing there. But uh, I, don't yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. To question. The press release in general is the, the one I pulled from your right, and that's where it's listed as PlayStation 5 games from SIE Worldwide Studios and second parties, PlayStation 5 games from third-party publishers and developers, where they're not calling out, yes, there's a PlayStation 4 version of this. To Gresik's to question, right, of asking, um, do, you feel, do you feel like Sony is lying about their game lineup to pump up the PS5 uh, lineup? I don't I wouldn't say I wouldn't say so. Like I don't I don't think what they're doing is nefarious. I just think what they're doing is marketing. Right. And like yeah. when when they come out and they show you the first trailer and it says PS5, like a big part of that thing is, yeah, it was shown off at the PS5 showcase. Like all that stuff was geared was, was geared towards showing off what's coming out when ne- next gen at launch and post launch. And from that standpoint, I understand why you don't put the PS4 PS4 logo in things at the same time, like I, I, I feel like for a lot of those games, if we knew at the moment they were coming out on PS4 also, that would have taken out a bit of the punch in those announcements. Totally. But it's all, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you're right. There's no way around it. I mean, I think it's, you know, the normal thing of we're making this new console. There's going to be all these games. They're going to, it's back to the Xbox argument of they're going to look and play better best on PlayStation 5, right? Like, I think everything you saw there is, I think, being every one of the indies. And I, I'm I'm painting way too broad of a brush. Most of the games you saw there, right, are working closely with PlayStation and are trying to take advantage of the fucking the bow resistance when you pull back on the trigger and the haptic feedback and all. Like it's definitely going to be, I think, knock on wood, a better experience on PlayStation Five. But yeah, like it's not like that's the only place to play them. I mean, yeah, you can still play them on PC. Yeah, you can still probably play some of them on PlayStation Four. It's wishy washy too because again, when they're talking about oh, it's holiday 2020, right? They're talking about it's going to be release date PlayStation Five. Are all of these day and date PlayStation 4s? Are they coming later? You know what I mean? Like there's an argument there. There's also the argument of like, wait, so like what if I what if I waited and bought Bug Bugs Snacks on PS4? And let's not even say waited. It is day and date everywhere. I buy Bug Snacks. Do I get Bug Snacks PS5 for free? Is there uh <laughs> yeah, what's how's the upgrade program there work? What is that going on with that? Theoretically it's backwards compatible, so like ah, good point. You know, yeah, see, that's, that's how you get around it. There's so I, much I we fucking ha- explain this. Probably I know we had post the, explaining so, everything. I know you guys had the control conversation yesterday. And the control conversation is one that's that's been happening over the last week. And I don't want to like I don't want to make a hot take or anything. But, like you're about to make a hot take, plus. 
I feel like I might make a hot take, but I'm, I might and I might also just be completely wrong about this and in the wrong. Um, but like the whole the whole thing is control is getting a next gen version and you get the free upgrade when you get the ultimate edition. Isn't right. that is, if that game's backwards back, backwards compatible and it's taking advantage of boosting? What's why is that such a big deal? Blessing, let me explain to you smart delivery. I think we have a good 45 minutes for me to go through the difference between backwards compatibility and boosting and smart delivery, right? Yeah. Oh, no. oh yeah, for sure. Go off. Dude, it's going to be the wild fucking West. You think people are mad about control now? Just wait. Just wait until we are like literally on the night before all this shit drops. And we're like, wait, what? That game doesn't have this, but it has that. And we're in Digital Foundry's just fucking salivating uh, oh, everywhere dude. as they do. <laughs> Digital Foundry's going to have a of everything everywhere. Digital Foundry's going to have so you many articles. You ain't seen shit yet. Save some of your rage because it is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time to squat up. Uh, Mark Freeman writes in with a squat up and says, So, this weekend marks three months since we started doing the community Zoom. So, I'll be doing a 12-hour Zoom on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Don't worry, you don't need to hang out the whole time. Just drop in whenever you can for as long as you want. There might be a few fun surprises, including stand-up, but the vast majority of the time will be a normal Zoom of best friends chatting about anything and everything. Thank you, everyone that has joined over the last three months. It's been really amazing. As usual, all the details are on my Twitter at the Indie Boy One. That is the Indie Boy Number One. Uh, in the pin tweet, hope to see you there, Mark Freeman. Again, uh, shout out to Mark Freeman. Mark Freeman's been doing his his weekly best friend Zoom meetings every Saturday for the last few months, and he's been killing it. Yeah, you love to see it. You love now, to. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We write in list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Spike Mouth writes in and says Taylor Swift actually fought Apple, not Spotify, when Apple Music launched during the, their three-month free trial. I remember. I'm gonna you're wrong. You're you're, you're wrong because I remember it being Spotify. Greg, uh, I'm wrong? sorry, Kevin. Can I get a Greg uh, one shot here? Just me. You can get rid of him. Just or Greg, whatever. please. Just please, Kevin, if I get a one-shot. Thank you so much, Kevin. You're really good at your job. Hey, Spike Mouth, how are you? I'm reading from the showbiz cheat sheet, cheatsheet.com right here. You may remember that Swift suddenly pulled her entire library off Spotify's streaming service back in November 2014, but you may not know the underlying reasons. This power play was not merely a ploy to increase her net worth. It was a rallying cry to artists everywhere that music should not be free and that it was time to start valuing art again. <sighs> Spike Mouth. If you ever try to fucking come at me about Taylor Swift again, remember this moment when my boot was on your fucking neck and you had no idea what the fuck you were talking about and you were floundering around trying to grab for Apple Music because that's all you fucking remembered. But I remembered everything. Spike mouth. When you go to sleep tonight and you shut your fucking eyes, see this fucking face. That was very dark. That was very dark. I don't know how I feel about. It. I don't know how I feel right now. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you think I feel? Hard? How do you think I feel that I have to come out here and? I fucking, mean, I'm a little hard. I have yeah. to come out here and goddamn give Wikipedia lessons on fucking Taylor Swift. Everyone should know this shit. How's folklore, by the way? Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, it's really, really it's good. good. I mean, it's not like the poppy. You know, like you're gonna get out there and it's not like Lover. It's not like you're out. You know, out there bopping around to it all the time. But it's good. You, it's it's a good like rainy day album. It's a good drive by yourself album. Mm. yeah you def i've been thinking about this a lot right you can't really put out a, like a, a club banger album right now because like no. clubs aren't open who's, sure. who's, yeah. who, wants, who wants to dance right now give I me keep telling tim i want i want to do taylor swift in review with belinda that'd be awesome thank you i agree that'd be super awesome i wanted i actually want to do kanye west in review with tim we but like kanye we west keeps ruining that anymore. like he keeps every, every, <laughs> every few weeks it's like oh man i don't don't want to do anything involving this guy uh kind of steven writes in uh with you wrong saying actually comiXology had to remove purchases purchases from the app because apple changed their policy that no purchases can be made for ebooks in app since apple released ibooks this happens on kindle and all other ebooks apps as well kevin can i have the one shot Kind of Steven, I'm reading from TheVerge.com on uh, April 26, 2014. The change certainly isn't an improvement for iOS users, but it's clear why the change has been made. Apple's App Store policies demand that it receive a 30% cut of all in-app purchases and subscriptions. Kind of Steven, I want you to remember this moment. 
the next time you come at me about comiXology getting fucked over by iOS and then making me go through a third-party step to get my goddamn books, remember this fucking face when you try to sleep tonight, when you thought you knew something about comiXology, but I showed you all you fucking knew is how to make a fucking stool in the toilet in the morning <laughs> and then go to your fucking job and watch me talk about comiXology, all right? When you shut your eyes tonight, think of this face in the stool. I fucked that up. <laughs> You want to go again? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's out there. It's done. Gary the the, the third uh, says uh, there is a deal today. Total War Troy, which is out today, is free for today only on the Epic Store. And so go ahead and do that. Um, Ball just says Final Fantasy VII OG is on Game Pass today. Uh, and then one more, Charles Jacobson says not a deal as such, but if you log into Fall Guys for the end of the day, you get a legendary. Prickles outfit and five thousand kudos Ooh. to make up for the server problems. So sweet, I might do that because I love me some Fall Guys skins. Uh, tomorrow's host for Kata Funny Games Daily are Greg and Rihanna Manuel from What's Good Games. Of course, this has been Kata Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at ten a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kata Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com/slash Kata Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.